Guess what we're talking about tonight? Anger. Yes. So we're in this series called Selfie that we're looking at through the book of James. And um, yeah, two weeks ago we looked at the sufferings that we have, the trials that we have in life and how to deal with those things. Last week we looked at temptation and how to deal with temptation, that temptation is not a sin, but it's when we step into that temptation, when we fall into that temptation and, and act, then that's when it becomes sin. And tonight, we're going to talk about anger. So I was trying to think this week of my earliest memory of me getting angry. And I know as a child I got angry, but I can't remember much of that. But when I was in like sixth grade, um, I went to a private school. Some of you, I've kind of told part of my story. And I had a good friend there named Jeremy Champion. And we used to go to his house and play basketball and hang out. And I think it was a Sunday afternoon, I went to his house. And we had this football, tag football game going. And the guy across the street, his neighbor, was named Andy. And we went to Andy's house. And his house kind of went on a slope. And we played football on this slope. And I've learned kind of quickly while we were playing football that every time I turned my back to Andy, he would make fun of me. He would mock me. And Jeremy was good friends with Andy. He was also good friends with me. And he kind of hinted to me that he's, he's making fun of you. Like, he's, you need to take care of this. And, like, I would get glances of him making fun of me. And I just remember he had his back turned to me, and I went charging after him full speed and just hit him as hard as I could. And it felt great. It felt great. But I was angry. I was angry that he was mocking me in front of my, in, behind my back in front of my friends. But we all have anger. So what I want to do is I want to give you guys a chance to express, if you have a short fuse or a long, or um, you know, you're, you're, you're more chill, I want to give you a, 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 a series of scenarios. And if this scenario is a short fuse, stand on your chair. Like, this makes me mad really quickly. If it's more of a slow burn, like it makes you mad, but it's kind of, uh, like, I'm, it's a slow burn, then just stand on the floor. And if it's like, no sweat, no problem, then just stay seated. Okay? Make sense? All right, here we go. First one is this. Someone tells you that you're ugly. Uh-huh. All right, there you go. Next one is this. Someone insults your mama. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, you didn't. All right. All right, so Maverick sitting, Ryan is standing. There we go. Someone cuts you off while you're driving. Now, if you're not driving, just stay seated. If somebody cuts you off while you're driving... Some of y'all just want to stand on chairs. All right. Someone beats up or bullies your sibling. All right. Next one. You get blamed for something that you did not do. All right. A friend breaks a promise. A friend talks about you behind your back. 
And then your friends are ignoring you. There's a lot of angry people in this room. All right, y'all can have a seat. Some of y'all stay in your chairs the whole time, which worries me. All right. So I think anger is one of those things that we all have a story about. Um, There's this term that goes with anger while you're driving. It's called road rage. And there's actually this website that has all kinds of stats on people with road rage. I don't know how accurate it is, but this is some of the things that they say. They say that 70% of Americans admit that they will often tailgate people to get them to go faster. Okay? I will let you know that if you tailgate me, I will slow down about 10 miles below the speed limit. Until there's a passing lane, then I'll speed up, then I'll slow back down. So do not tailgate me. That's what makes me mad. All right, 71% of Americans will often use their horn to get someone to move or get out of the way. Now, I have done that. If you're at a red light and you're in front of me and it turns green and you're there for more than two seconds, you will get a honk from me, all right? You need to pay attention. Get off your phone and pay attention. 77% of Americans will engage in obscene gestures. Like telling somebody they're number one. All right, with a certain finger. But what's more interesting is that number increases by to 80% for females. So as your student pastor, listen, as your student pastor, I need to tell you that if you're waving at someone and you don't have enough fingers up, it could be very dangerous for you. This is a true story. A few years ago in Salt Lake City, um, there's a, a man, I think a man was on this side, a woman was on this side at a red light. And I'm not sure what happened exactly, but the light turned green and they both took off. I think the lady was trying to get in front of the guy so she can get off the exit or off turn. But the guy saw that, so he sped up beside her. And one thing led to another, and the guy told her that she was number one. Well, not with his finger. And the woman pulls out a gun, shoots it four times at the guy, and no joke, shot his middle finger off. Here's the headline here. Road raised bullet hits tips of raised finger. One of four shots of a 357 caliber revolver hit the tip of a man's middle finger as he was driving on I-15 early Friday. And there's the sketch of the woman. So isn't it interesting how, listen, isn't it interesting how anger can take something very small as you know, sitting at a traffic light, then that turns into somehow a lady pulling out a gun and shooting someone. And cops are involved, and probably jails involved, and lots of things are involved that should not be involved. People are going to prison, yet it happens every single day. It happens all the time. It happens in families. It happens in homes. It happens in schools. It happens on sports teams. I remember back in 2000, was it three or four, when the Detroit Pistons had this game going on. I can't remember who they were playing. And this big brawl broke out. Does anybody remember that? Y'all don't remember. Any adults remember this? And they actually went up into the stands and fighting fans. It was crazy. So go home and Google that. That's, that's a crazy. But it happens all the time. It happens all the time. So with that said, with this anger that we have, 
and that some of you have towards others. Maybe you even have anger towards someone in this very room. What do we do with it? What do we do with this? So James 4.1 says this. And we're not skipping chapters 2 and 3, but we want to just look at this one verse for a second before we go to our main verse for the day. It says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? And that is a great question. What's causes, what causes these fights that go on in our lives? I think it's a very important question that we need to kind of pause for a second and look at. Because we see it in marriages. We see it among our friends. We see it while we're driving. We see it in our parents, in their marriage. We see it with our parents when we get mad at them. We see it everywhere. There's fights all the time that are caused by anger. So sometimes anger can be a good thing, though. There's a bad anger, but there's also a good, thing, good anger, like a righteous anger. It's like maybe if you see injustice in this world, you might get mad at the injustice that's there. Or maybe when you woke up the other morning and you saw that over 50 people were, were died because of the shooting in Las Vegas and 250 people were injured, maybe that made you angry. All this stuff that happens in our world. Maybe you see someone get, some, get, get abused or maybe someone at school you see get bullied by someone. And that may, be, that may, that may anger you. I think it's okay. We see the hungry people in, in our community and maybe in, in the world. And that may bring anger to you. Why does that happen? For me, the big one is the sex trade. When people, girls or, or women are getting sold as sex slaves, that <laughs> angers me. Like, I just want to find these guys and just punch them in the face. It makes me so mad. So there's, there is this place for righteous anger. You know, even Jesus got angry. Matthew 23, 33, he was looking, he's talking to the Pharisees, the religious people. And he calls them snakes and a brood of vipers. And the most famous one is John chapter 2, where Jesus walks into the temple and the people there were selling animals and telling them that, that, for the sacrifices. And they were telling them, your animals are not good enough here. This animal is good enough. And they would take their animal and resell it to somebody else. And they're making money off of this worship. And Jesus got so mad. And he started flipping tables over and he got a whip out. Not this kind of whip. He got a whip out, and he started, he just, he got so angry that people were robbing people of their worship. That's why we need to be careful about that. We don't rob people of their worship. So Jesus was angry that people were turning worship into a business. And what James is talking about is this battle and strife that happens at an unhealthy level between two people who are going after it. And he says, what causes these things? What causes these fights among you? We get angry at a lot of things. So let's look in chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. This is our scripture for tonight. It says, know this, my beloved brothers, that every person be, what's that word? Quick. To what? Hear. Let everyone be, every person be quick to hear, slow to to speak. Do you guys know anyone that does the opposite of this? They're quick to speak and slow to hear. 
And when we, when we talk too much or listen too little, we communicate, we communicate to others that our ideas are better than their ideas, that we are more important than they are. And James wisely tells us to reverse this. He says, Be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness an implanted word, which is able to save your souls. James says that we need to be slow to anger. For your anger does not produce what? The righteousness of God. And see, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus kind of, he, he, he kind of correlates anger with murder. And see, the people knew the law, the law of Moses. And he says, you've heard it said in the law long ago, people, uh, the people long ago, you shall not murder. And they're like, yeah, we know that law. Like, we're with you with that law. And then Jesus kind of puts a twist on this and says, but I tell you that if you're even angry, if you're even angry with your brother, that you're subject, subject to judgment. He puts a twist on this. Murder is a terrible sin. I think we all would agree with that. But anger is a great sin too because, because of this. It violates God's greatest command, which is to love other people. When we hate someone, it's hard for us to love that person as well. When we're angry at someone, it's hard for us to love that person. See, in this particular verse, Jesus begins by seeking, speaking about the law of Moses and then he changes the perspective. It's not just about the action. It's about the heart behind the action. People with an anger issue also have a heart issue. And there's all kinds of examples in Scripture. Cain and Abel in the Old Testament, Genesis 22, or Genesis chapter 4, sorry. Where Cain got angry or jealous at his brother, Abel, and he took him out and he killed him. The story of Haman and Esther where Haman got angry at Mordecai and wanted to kill Mordecai and all the Jews. And that plan got reversed, and Haman killed, was killed instead. The Pharisees, they were jealous of Jesus, and they were angry at Jesus Christ, and it eventually drove them to crucify him. And this question even comes up a lot. Is it okay to be angry at God? And we don't have time to really dig into that. That's not what tonight's about. But on the back of your handout, don't look at it now. Just later look at it. I just put a little one, half a page thing there on being angry with God. And so I encourage you guys to look at that later. But we all get angry. So what do we do with our anger? How do we deal with anger? I want to talk about five things that's in your handout. Number one is we need to admit our anger. Admit the anger. When you're angry... Simply admit it. Anger is normal. Anger is something that we all have at some level. There's something that pushes all of us to our limits. The problem is, what do we do with that anger? See, I grew up in a house that when you're angry, you simply suppress it. You don't express, you don't express it at all. You hide it. And that does a couple things. One, it, it, it will either explode one day, or two, it may just eventually go away. My wife grew up in a house that was the opposite. You expressed it, and you expressed it loudly. And if you were more loud than the other person, then you won the, the, the argument. And there has to be this middle ground where we express it, we admit it, but we don't hide it. Look at me. Some of you, some of you are in denial that you're angry 
with someone. You're in denial of it. Someone maybe in this very room, you're in denial that you're, even, that you're angry at that person. And this first step for us is to stop denying that you're angry and admit it to God. Just admit it that you're angry. That is okay. Number two is get a grip. Proverbs 29, 11 says a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. So when you're angry, ask yourself the big three. What am I angry about? Why am I so angry? And what am I going to do about it? We need to get a grip on it. Get a grip on the anger that we have. Number three is keep short accounts. Keep short accounts. This is huge, guys. We cannot let the anger that we have fester up inside of us. We can't. Paul tells us in Ephesians 4 that, in your, that be angry and do not sin. Be angry and do not sin. Anger is fine. Anger is normal. Jesus got angry. We get this, right? But learning not to sin in that anger is what it's about. He says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. And there's so much in these verses. But the one thing that I find very interesting is this is actually, actually a quote from Psalm 4, chapter 4, verse 4, which says this. Psalm 4, 4 says, be angry and do not sin. Okay, same thing. It says, ponder on your own hearts, on your beds, and be silent. Selah, which means reflect on that. So the psalmist tells us to dwell on our anger while we're in bed, but Paul kind of flips this around a little bit and says, no, 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 don't even go to bed on your anger. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry. In other words, take care of it quickly. Take care of it quickly. Super important to know that anger is not sin. We talked about this first. Just like last week, we talked about temptation is not sin. It's when we act on that temptation that becomes sin. Anger itself is not sin. But we, if we let anger fester up inside of us, if we let anger sit inside of us, that anger turns to bitterness. And that's when it becomes sin. It has great potential to become sin. So we need to keep short accounts. So when something happens, deal with it as soon as, as soon as possible. And here, I think this is in your handout. What do we do? Go to the person that you're angry with. Go to the person that you're angry with. Now, if you go to the person that you're angry with and you're snapping your fingers and shaking your head, that's not good. Go to them. Talk to them. But number two is so important. Speak with gentleness. Gentleness. Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath. But what? A harsh word stirs up anger. Do you agree with that? <laughs> if somebody comes to you and they, they start yelling at you or they, they're harsh with you, what does it do inside of you? Oh, no, you didn't. And we, we snap back, right? And we go after that person. And all of a sudden, you've got this fight happening. A gentle word, answer, turns away wrath. So we need to speak with gentleness. And number three, go to talk and listen, not to blow up. Again, our, our verses for tonight. 
Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Number four is forgive. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32, a little bit later in that same chapter, it says, Let all bitterness, which that bitterness is the anger that kind of stays in us. Our anger becomes bitter. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So forgive, and number five, let it go. A lot of times we forgive people when they come to us and with anger or whatever. We forgive them, but a lot of times we don't, we don't forget it. We kind of hold on to that. But this last step is so important. We need to let it go. Let it go. Part of forgiveness is letting it go. So I want you to hear a story of one of our students. Um, I, I met JC. JC, you can come on up. I met JC. Not, not long after I got here when she um, went public with her faith and was baptized. But I heard part of her story back then, and it was kind of hard for her to share back then. But yesterday I met with JC to hear kind of the whole story. And I want you to hear um, part of JC's story tonight. Hi, guys. I'm JC, and I'm a senior if you guys don't know me. But back in 2013, I was at my aunt's house, and it was after one of my basketball games and just having a good old time with my cousin. And about a year before that, my aunt and my uncle had recently divorced and split up because my uncle was really abusive and really controlling. And that night um, was my aunt's new boyfriend's birthday, and so we were celebrating his birthday at her house, and we had got him gifts, and, sorry, and then my, after we were done with the gifts, my uncle came in, and I was in the kitchen, and I just started hearing all this arguing, and like craziness going on, things getting thrown, so I go upstairs, and I'm like telling my cousin, like, hey, like, you should, you and your friend should probably leave, like, your dad's here, and everybody's arguing, and so me and my cousin go downstairs, and we're trying to find our car keys, and things are just getting more crazy, and I, like, look down, and I see a gun in my uncle's hand, and I'm, like, so I tap my cousin, and I'm, like, hey, like, just go, like, don't even worry about the keys, and so she told me to go upstairs and get my other cousin that were the same age, and I'm, like, Asha, let's go, like, it's time to leave, and so my older cousin and her friends had already left out the door, out the back door. And me and my cousin were going downstairs out the back door, and we just start hearing all these gunshots. So at this point, we're running, and the closest place to run was Storm Up Bell, and so that's where we ran, and we waited for cops to come get us so we could be questioned. And once we got to the police station, they questioned us. They really didn't know what was going on, who was a victim, who was a suspect, who was all that stuff. And so once we got done getting questioned, well, once I got done getting questioned, the detective looks me in the eye and says, by the sound of it and how many gunshots you're telling me that you heard, no one's alive in that house. And I was just like, yeah, whatever, like, it's going to be fine. And so 
shortly after that, I just hear my cousin scream, and so I run into the room next door that they're in, and that's where they told me that my aunt, that my uncle had shot my aunt, and she died, and he committed suicide, and he killed her boyfriend as well. And in that time, I was so, I was still shaken up and afraid and scared, and I was so angry. And um, yeah, I was just lost for a long time. I. I was just like, I don't want anything to do with anybody. Lost a lot of friends at that time. Um, didn't really go to any family events. And um, a couple of years, I distanced myself from God. I was really angry at him. I was like, why are you letting me go through this? Why are you letting me feel this pain? Like, my life was great before this. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, are, like I even questioned him. I was like, are you even real at this point? Like, what's going on? And... A friend of mine was like, hey, come to Young Life, come to Young Life. And I was like, no, like, I don't want to be around people. And so I finally went, and that year I went to Young Life camp. And that's when I was just like, I'm tired of being sad. I'm tired of being angry. And I had a really big talk with God and a thing that we called 20 Minutes of Silent. And I was just like, God, like, I need your help getting back on track. And shortly after that, um, when I got back home, someone had asked me, like, are you, like, have you forgiven your uncle for what he's done? Like, even though he's gone, like, have you forgiven him? And I was so embarrassed and so ashamed because we had just talked about forgiveness that night at church. And I looked back and I was like, I haven't really forgiven him. Like, if he were here and he had talked to me today, I probably would want nothing to do with him. And so that night I kind of went home and thought about it. And I was like, maybe I can't get right with my uncle. And maybe I can't tell him how angry I am at him and scream and yell at him. But I definitely can talk to God about it. And, yeah, so I talked to God about it. And it's better now. I guess I'm angry, and so yeah. And would you would you would you say that you have forgiven your uncle, even though he's not here? But I would say now that I I didn't I don't think I really realized how angry I was at him until I got asked that question, and then it made me face it and realize it. And so I would say now, if we talk today after I had that conversation with God, I would say I forgave him. And how about your anger with God? How long did that take for you to kind of... My anger with God almost took me three years to get over. Hmm. Cool. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) Anger is a real thing, guys. And like I said, the longer we let the anger sit inside of us, fester inside of us, the harder it becomes to let it go, to forgive. So admit your anger, get a grip, keep short accounts, forgive, and let it go. So what does anger do? This is in your handout. We're going to hit on these real quickly. It hurts others. Now, every time that I've been angry at my wife or every time I've been angry at my kids or angry at anyone, it hurts them. It hurts them. And at the time, I don't really care that it hurts them, but it hurts them. But it don't only hurts them, it also hurts me. It hurts yourself. 
Later in, in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that we shouldn't let the sun go down on our anger. And then it says, it also says that what comes out of our mouth should be used to edify and for building people up and giving grace to others. So it hurts others, it hurts ourselves, and it makes Jesus look bad. Now, if you claim to be a Christian and you have a short temper and you have a short fuse and you get very angry very quickly whether you're driving. That's why I've, like I'm in this process of maybe getting um, little stickers for our student ministry for her cars. But I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. Because if we're advertising our church or our student ministry and we have road rage, <laughs> that's not going to be a good thing. But if you claim to be a Christian and you get angry, you no, I've never seen anyone with a short fuse and get very angry. And I've never said, you know what? I want to be just like that person. And those are the qualities I want in my life. But when we have these short, these short fuses and we get angry and we show anger, um, it hurts our witness. It makes Jesus look bad. So what are you doing with your anger when it storms into your life? Do you want to retaliate, get revenge? Or maybe let it sink down inside of you and hide it? Does it control you or do you deal with it? Will you allow anger to have a positive effect on your life? Again, James 1, 19 through 21. Some of you may want to memorize this. Some of you might want to just meditate on this this week. Take action on it, maybe tonight. Know this, my beloved brothers, I would say sisters. Let every person, every person, that includes all of us, every person, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man or woman or boy or girl does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. And as Paul mentioned in Ephesians 4, don't let the sun go down on your anger. If you're here tonight, the sun's already set, oh, well, maybe tomorrow. No, 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 no. Don't end this day if, you're having, if you are angry towards someone. If they're in this room, take care of it. Take care of it. Have short accounts. If they're not in this room, if they're at home, maybe your parents or a sibling or whatever, take care of it. If they're not here and they're not at home, call them. Take care of it tonight. You are most susceptible to falling into sin while being angry. So don't give the enemy a foothold. But let forgiveness that Jesus offers live inside of you. Do you have unresolved anger that you're, that you're dealing with? If you're holding on to bitterness, have you asked God the courage to seek resolution instead of revenge? What is one step that you can take tonight to resolve your anger? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your love and grace. <clears throat> and God, I pray... Um, anger is a thing that we all deal with. I know that um, there's people here who, who have different levels of anger. Some of us get angry very quickly. 
Some of us, it takes a lot to get angry, but we all deal with it, God, and help us to um, deal with it your way. And God, I pray, I pray that if someone here has anger towards another person in this room, that they would deal with it tonight, God, that they would talk it out, that, be, that, that this, this student ministry will be unified Holy Spirit, I pray that as we go into our small groups that you would just guide the conversation. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.